Hello, everyone. Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Bosses, where we interview badass investors who are crushing it in the commercial real estate space. I'm your host, Sierra Hoffman. And on today's call, we have Ruth Hiller of YesMF. Ruth, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's always an honor when I get to do these things. I really appreciate the interest and the value that you add. So th thanks for um, having me. And I also have to make, make a note that um, MF stands for multifamily. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> love it. Love it. You know, I saw your profile. You connected with me on LinkedIn and I saw your profile there and I was like, wow, this woman sounds so interesting. I'd love to have her on my podcast. So thank you for saying yes and being on the show today. Can you tell everyone about your background and how you got into commercial real estate? Well, I, I call myself the accidental businesswoman uh, because I've always bought and sold real estate. I come from a family that just has always taught me to do that, but I never considered it a business until about four years ago when I went to a Tony Robbins event. And I was like, oh my God, I have this business because um, I'm also an artist, so I make art. And so that was kind of mm -hmm. what I was doing. And I've always had an, you know, created passive income for myself through real estate. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a business. And so, you know, then I decided um, to study multifamily more. And then how could I, you know, how could I help people? And so, you know, I joined a mentor group. So that's sort of how I got my start in, in multifamily. Okay. Got it. So how long ago was that when you started getting into the multifamily? Well, the really interesting thing is my grandmother bought multifamily in 1940. Wow. Um, right in LA, she uh, was a, her husband died. She was a single mom and she moved to LA and had a little bit of money. You had to have some money. And she bought three multifamily buildings in 1940 and ran them till the day she died and it supported her. Wow. And so then my parents bought multifamily in the sixties. And so then, you know, I decided I was sitting on a bus in 2019 next to this guy. And I said, so what do you do? And he's like, I teach people how to invest in syndicate hundred unit plus multifamily apartments. And I was like, well, that's weird. I have one and I need some help. Can you help me? And so, <laughs> and so he turns out to be a really big multifamily educator. It was a coincidence, mm -hmm. which I don't really believe in. And so um, yeah. I've been friends ever since. And then I joined his group. So, and then I just, just got really interested in it. I wanted to be a passive investor. I wasn't really interested in being a GP. So I said, oh, help mm -hmm. me with this property I have. And then I just dove into the learning how to be a passive investor and how do I read a business plan and how do I pick a deal and how do I pick a team? And then he encouraged me about a year and a half after that to, Oh, come on, you can be a GP. And so I always think it's important to have people that believe in you before you believe in yourself. And so mm -hmm. with his help and Tony Robbins help, I've really been able to move the needle like exponentially, like in the last th uh, three and a half years. Wow. That's an amazing story. Just so happens you're sitting next to someone who can help you with this building that you own. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. So, and it was, it was a property in LA. We just sold it yeah. after, after four years of uh, um, kind of going back and forth. My business partners did not want to sell and I just wanted to sell mm -hmm. and t do something else with the money. And we, uh, July, 2022, we sold it. Okay. So what made you decide to sell that one? That one, um, I decided to sell that one because it was a family business and I, uh, to be nice, I, we, my family members and I didn't really get along and we were 50, 50 owners. And so mm. we had different ideas on how to run the property and we just couldn't come to an agreement. So I decided that, you know, I asked them, Hey, will you buy me out? And they're like, no, I'm like, I'll buy you out. No. And I said, 
well, why don't we sell? No. So, um, <laughs> so it took like four years and then we finally came to an agreement. So I was excited to, uh, to, to move on from that chapter and then, you know, create more financial freedom. And it was because of my mentor, my multifamily mentor, who was instrumental in uh, helping me learn about multifamily that I was able to, uh, to do that. Love it. Yeah, I think a lot of people start off with a mentor. And so that's awesome that you had someone guide you on a building you already owned and also guide you first going into the passive investor route. So why did you choose to go that route first? I never wanted to be a GP. Um, like I said, you know, being the accidental businesswoman, I just thought, oh, great. Like most of these deals, especially in 2019, it was double and triple your money in three to five years, right? Like now it's yeah. a little different. Um, and so I'm like, God, if I could just keep doubling my money every, five, you know, invest in like four deals and then your money keeps doubling, like that's amazing. I, yeah. There's one guy in my ecosystem and he's invested, he's never been a GP. He's invested in 63 passive deals over the last 10 years. So that's like six deals a year, right? And he's made himself multiple millions just from doing that. So I thought that was a great example and that I would do that. And then I just got really interested in the ecosystem. And like I said, my mentor pushed me to, come on, you can be a GP, right? So then I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So now that you're on the GP side, would you say that you enjoy that side of it? Or do you prefer being more of passive? I still do both. So, you know, there's a lot of teams in my ecosystem that are amazing. And so I will still invest passively with them on their deals. If, you know, if I'm not working with them as a GP. Um, so my role, you know, and being on a GP team, there's different roles that you can have, right? You can underwrite the deal. You can find the deal, work with brokers. You know, you can work with the lenders. You know, that's all the acquisition. You can do capital raising. And so what my superpower is, is talking to people and um, getting people excited about the deal and helping raise capital. And then I also, because I work most, work most on 506Bs, um, which is a friends and family deal, I also do, you know, participate in the asset management after the deal has been acquired. So I don't just come in and raise capital. I'm definitely part of the team all, all the mm -hmm. way to the end of the deal. Got it. Yeah. So you're part of that asset management, seeing the deal through all the way, you know, managing that project essentially. That way, you know, what's happening with your friends and family's money, right? Yes. Yeah, so investors call me up, Hey, what's going on with this? And I can explain, cause sometimes, you know, you get the financials and you see all the red and you're like, what is this? Right. You know? And so I need to be able to understand that so I can you know, oh, the, the property's doing amazing. You know, we're, we've, we've reached three, year three NOI, right? But sometimes, you know, now with the lending, the way it's been, like sometimes some, if you have a floating rate loan, some investors, um, some syndicators have had to stop, you know, or, or minimize distributions right now in the last year. The changing world. So now, like as a GP now, and even as an investor, I, I, I won't invest invest in anything that has any sort of bridge loan or floating rate. I think mm -hmm. up until 20, uh, up until 2021, it was great. Now, like, you know, unless you had insurance against the rate going up, it's, it's kind of hard for some syndicators. Yeah. Yeah. With the rates going up so quickly, which I don't think anyone knew was going to go up that fast. Right. So it's, no. just, it's changed the landscape a little bit, but I, I feel like, you know, as long as you still have the fundamentals and you're still buying right, you can still obviously make money. doesn't matter what the market is, is doing. You just got to make sure that you aren't uh, over leveraging and getting into adjustable rate mortgages in the beginning. 
Yes. And I'm still all in like the, you know, this year, every year I like to do, you know, two to three deals. So, um, as a passive and as a GP. So I'm look, you know, working on one now and looking at one, like, you know, for, for the future, probably, uh, towards the end of the quarter. And what I also look for too, besides being a GP, I'm also interested in doing like a joint venture. So instead of, you know, bringing investors in, sometimes it would be a group of us that would maybe buy our own, you know, 70 unit property. And, and, and you just have that more as a legacy asset for cash flow. Makes sense. So when you're doing the, the joint venture deals, what's the advantage of doing that type of deal versus a syndication? Well, a joint venture, like, let's say, um, you know, I still make as a GP, I still make decent money. But like, if a if I didn't have investors on some of the deals, like it would just cash flow, let's say five people, you know, own a 100 unit building, then the, the NOI would be divided by five versus being divided by, you know, hundred and hundred investors. Right. I think, and then my last deal was 65 investors. Um, uh, you know, on, on my current project, it, it's going to be quite a bit more than that. Right. So, you know, you get more of a split and, but I like being a GP mm -hmm. and I like bringing the opportunities to people so that they can make wealth. So, mm -hmm. you know, I've got two different goals <laughs> to help yeah. others and then also to make, you know, increase my income. Of course. Yeah. So different ways of going about it. So joint venture, less people involved, but um, you're not able to maybe get some of those friends and family that you want to bring along with you on the ride who, you know, maybe don't have as much to, to put into a deal right now. Yeah, exactly. So that, that it's both, right? But I do love helping women and making sure mm -hmm. that people understand. I think one of my passions, the reason I got into it is that um, I had a friend get scammed out of some money. And, wow. you know, the thing that I learned was that, you know, I really want people to be able to do due diligence on who they're investing in and on the deal. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's important to make sure that someone feels comfortable and someone that feels like they're educated before that they would invest. Cause like I said, all deals look good. How do you mm -hmm. pick one? Oh yeah. You know, it's all double your money or whatever it is, but like, how do you pick one? Yeah. It really depends on the person that you're investing with. Right. And how experienced are they? Do you trust that person and have you vetted them and, you know, maybe get, referrals or references from other people that know that person or maybe have invested with them before. Yeah. Track record is important. And then I'm also in this other investment group where they talk about, you know, we're talking about stocks and, you know, people invest in stocks based on trend, like, Oh, Oh, Tesla. So I'm just going to invest in that. But what he's training us to do is to look actually, you know, it's probably too much work for me at this point, but to look at the profit and loss statement of every stock co company you want to invest in, right? Mm -hmm. That's the only way to really make a decision. And that's what I love about multifamily because there is a profit and loss statement and there's certain markers you can look at the, you know, are they at, is it too much organic rent growth? Is it, you know, if it's 30 or 40%, like, no, I, you know, and some people don't know to look at that, right? So even though the profit and loss and the rent roll and stuff might be good, you still have to look at the what is the team expecting to do going forward? Yeah. So looking at all the financial documents and if you're newer, maybe having someone kind of walk you through how they got to the numbers that they got. Right. And that's what I love to do. I love having investor calls and taking them through how the deal works and what a syndication is. And these are the numbers we look for. And, you know, I remember when I first started doing those spreadsheets, like I said, I come from an art background. I'm, I, I never considered myself a business person, even though I am. Right. And so I've had mm -hmm. to learn how to, uh, love spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets and they <laughs> love me, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you met your mentor in 2019. And since then, how big has your portfolio grown and what does it look like right now? So 
I met my mentor in 2019. I had a couple single family homes, a retail space and the large multifamily. And now I've gotten rid of the single family homes and I have, um, let me see, 12, I'm invested in 12 deals as a passive investor and I'm in, uh, sponsoring, um, going into my fifth sponsorship right now. I'm sorry, fourth sponsorship right now as a general partner. And I think it's a total of, so that would be a total of 16 deals and 3,700 units in three years. Wow. Yeah, that's a fast growth. So Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what was the catalyst to having all that tremendous growth in the last three years? I think growth is my number one value. Love and I would say yeah. growth, right? And so I'm always mm -hmm. a student. I always love to learn. And I've been in the Tony Robbins environment for the last five years. And I just love the growth and the lessons and what I've discovered or know about myself is I'm an action taker, you know, and a lot of people, like someone asked me in one interview, I was I'm like, well, how do you get a non-action taker to take action? Right. Sometimes it's hard. Cause I have a friend, she just sort of sits on the side. Oh yeah, I'm going to invest in that. And then she doesn't. And so yeah. um, it's sort of interesting. I think that some people need more certainty than others. Right. I think that's why mm -hmm. I, I need to be a hundred percent certain. And, you know, with investing, you know, there's not a hundred percent certainty. I think some investments are lower risk than others. Got it. And so right now it looks like your portfolio seems to be across eight states. Is that right? Yes. So I think I'm in California, New York, Texas, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. Got it. And so I prefer the landlord friendly states. That's what I'll say about those markets, right? <laughs> you know, I've just sold the California property, we're doing seller financing and I still own a retail space in New York. And the thing, the, you know, the reason that I don't love those markets is they, ta they tax you like crazy. So like mm -hmm. selling the property in California, um, you know, the, a, a lot of investors, if you have properties in Texas or other, you don't get killed with state taxes, but in California mm -hmm. and New York, you just, and it, you can't write off any of your write-offs against state taxes. You have to pay yes. them no matter what. So I'd say, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And actually they they added a new tax in California for when you sell buildings that are over $5 million. There's an additional tax now, um, depending on what the price is. So it's just getting worse and worse over there. <laughs> I don't know why it's so bad. You know, it's like, the, you know, I don't know. It's always been that way. So mm -hmm. time to get out of California for, in, in, for me anyway, other people yeah. still buy stuff, right? If, I think if you're doing a longer term hold, it would be good. If, but if you're doing multifamily for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that there. Yeah. Yeah. Multifamily is, is difficult, especially when you have, you know, a value add type of deal where your goal is to increase the rents. It's difficult to do that in um, places where they have rent control, um, in California, for example. So what is the strategy that you use when you buy properties? Are you looking for class A, class B, class C? Do you do kind of a value add play or what's well, it, your overall It's interesting strategy? because when I originally started, I loved C-class and that property that I owned in California was a C-class. And then I started investing in B-class. And what I noticed is that the cap rates on buying a C class and the cap rates on buying a B and A class are about the same. And so if you get, can get your business plan to work, 
as long as the sponsorship team has um, experience in that asset class, I've kind of moved up to B and A class now, just because mm-hmm. with uh, the price of materials and all that, it's just got, and there's so much more deferred maintenance on an older property, even though I love the yeah. workforce housing, hopefully that'll change again. Cause I really do like the workforce housing, but it's been not as profitable in the C class because of the deferred maintenance. Got it. Okay. So transitioning right now more to the class A and B just because of the cost of materials and probably costs of labor too right now. And the cost of labor and the cap rate. Like I said, if you could buy, you know, um, we bought a multifamily, the cap, a C class in 2019, and it was a a cap rate of four and we're buying a new one now and the cap rates of four, it's an A class. It was built in 2021. And so, like I said, if you can get the business plan to work, like I said, and I, I still love helping the communities, you know, that, so it was a little bit of a mind shift for me to move from C to A, uh, but I love the team and the deal. So I'm like, well, okay, I'll try, I'll, you know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The deal makes sense. And it's good to have kind of a diverse portfolio, maybe just try out different strategies as well. So that's interesting that you're going more into the class A because most of the people that I do speak to are still looking at class B and C properties. So it is good to just kind of see what everyone is up to um, in their current strategy. And and what Tony Robbins says, like Tony Robbins says, you should have, you know, 15 uncorrelated assets. But the, 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 And I, I agree to a point, but I think for me, I need to understand the asset I'm investing in. For me, multifamily meets those needs because I could have 15 uncorrelated assets in different markets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in different asset classes. So to me, that kind of meets that need. And I think some people always need a place to live, whereas I'm not going to research Bitcoin or gold or like other stuff, right? So for me, multifamily uh, meets those needs. Yeah. And one book that I'm reading right now, I'm reading it again a second time, is uh, The One Thing. And it's just being hyper-focused on one thing at a time, right? Don't try to juggle like five or 10 different business ideas. So you don't do anything productive. You're trying to multitask. And that's what I love about multifamily. People call me up and well, what about mobile home parks? Or what about senior <laughs> living? And I'm like, or student housing. And I'm like, I'm sure it's great, but that's not my lane. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Stay in my lane for now, right? Stay in your lane. Yep. <laughs> uh, you started investing kind of at a later age, right? Yes. I was, how old am I? I'm 61 now. And I started investing when I was 57. So so what would you say to somebody who is starting out late, who thinks maybe they've missed the boat or maybe they can't learn new tricks or any kind of mindset blocks that are keeping them from getting into this business? Well, I had um, on my first deal as a GP, I had a woman, I think she's about my age. It was her first, right? She'd been scared to do it. And so I just say, you know, define what you want. And I guess right now the stock market is averaging about a 7% return. Right and and multi annualized return and sometimes you get stock uh, cash I'm sorry tax benefits and sometimes you don't it depends what you're invested in but mm-hmm. multifamily year after year has averaged a twenty percent annualized return with that I think it's less risky than the stock market and so you just have to shift your mindset a little bit I know it's like we've been trained that like the stock market and your IRA and your four hundred one k is going to help you retire and so I always love recommending the book. Um, the cash flow quadrant and how you can be in by Robert Kiyosaki because mm-hmm. it explains how like we're kind of primed. That's what we understand. And so you kind of have to step out of your mindset a little bit and, and be willing to try something new. Absolutely. <laughs> Getting into your first deal after you met your mentor, was it difficult to do your first deal? I joined his, I went to his uh, first event and it was a, 
it was called a rat race to retirement. And, you know, I took 500 pages of notes, right? Cause I was interested in figuring out the multifamily property I had. And my mentor at the time had a deal. It, it was a 506 B. So he had, and he knew me and he's like, I have a deal. And I'm like, Oh, you do. And so he introduced me to him and his co-sponsor. And I, I invested that day. And I remember I called the, the you know, the co-sponsor, I called him like 20 times a day and asked questions. And so I always tell people, if you're going to invest, make sure that you have access to the sponsor and that mm-hmm. they can answer questions. Cause that's what made me feel the most comfortable. Cause I was scared. It was a lot of money. I was like, Oh my God, I'm yeah. money. And you know, I don't know. And, and he was very experienced and he was able to answer like literally every day I'd call him up. I know. I loved it. It was exciting. It was exciting. Now I'm addicted, right? <laughs> yeah. What was the most difficult thing you've had to overcome during your real estate journey? I think it was the belief in myself, right? Because I remember I joined a mastermind and then we all had to come up, you know, and give a presentation about what we thought we'd be good at. And so, you know, I'm the accidental businesswoman and I don't know, I don't have a business background. So, you know, I don't add value, right? So the the thought that I think the thought that I didn't not adding value and adding value is not necessarily a monetary thing, you know, and that, that's what I had to learn is like overcoming, like I add value cause I'm a great listener and I add value cause I want to help others. And I, you know, just, I think overcoming that was, was really good for me. Got it. So a lot of it was mindset, right? Which I think a yes. lot of people are currently experiencing that are listening to this. I think the biggest thing that blocks us is usually just ourselves, right? It's usually not lack of money or lack of relationships or connections, because we can get all of those things if we can get over our mindset and we can overcome all of those challenges. So what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give somebody who is new to the business and wants to get into multifamily today? I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the last five years is like, if you set your mind to something and you really want it, like, you know, like, Hey, you want that car and you make it happen. Right. I think that once you set your mind to something and then you can just make it happen. Like I've like joined things I probably could in the beginning didn't, couldn't afford. And even with some of my investments, I wasn't sure I could afford it, but I believed in it. And I just, I became, I always say like, it's not your resources. It's how resourceful you are. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm super resourceful. I always figure it out. And so that's one of my mantras. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's a little scary and, and I'll figure it out. Right. And so <laughs> you believe you're going to figure it out, you do. So I, I think for me, that's, you know, just take the action and believe in yourself and you'll figure it out. Right. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the people you surround yourself with as well. Right. And yes. it's good to have those relationships that are going to be supportive of your entrepreneurial growth and, and help you move forward. So what's the best way for somebody to develop those relationships if they don't have them yet? So I say like, and it doesn't have to be multifamily, whatever it is you're interested in, find a mentorship group and join it and be around the like, like-minded like people who've already done what you want to do. Um, and so, you know, when I went to my mentors group, like there were, there's like a thousand people in that group and there's person after person, I don't know the exact numbers, who become millionaires based on his recipe. And so mm-hmm. why reinvent the wheel if someone's already doing it? So I say like, figure out what it is you want to do and find a a group of like-minded people and just learn, like just learn and take the time to learn. You don't need to jump into an investment right away, but take time to learn about it so Mm -hmm. that you feel comfortable when it, when one does come so that you can take action. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing too, is just to have patience. I feel like a lot of us 
feel like if we don't get our first deal in the first six months that we're failures or we didn't make it or we don't know how to do this business. So it, for most people that I interview on this show, sometimes takes them, you know, six months, nine months, a year, even 18 months sometimes to get their first deal. But the whole point of it is just to persevere and not give up and make sure that you're constantly learning and doing like one step, one small step forward each day that's going to get you closer to your goal. Yeah. And I think that some people think multifamily is a get rich quick thing. And it's it's a long game, right? I've been doing it. It's going on my fourth year. You know what I mean? I think you really start to really, really see like the fruits of your labor after like year five. Like that's when you know, the deals start flipping and flowing. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you know but then you kind of have to have faith up until that point and do your due diligence. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Um, especially just interviewing all these people every week. I find that on average, most people become financially free in this business after five years, which is exactly what you said. Yeah. And so don't give up, right? You just keep doing it anyway. And there's like, I, there's always pitfalls or there's, you know, and, it's never a sure thing with multifamily. You know, there, I, I had one uh, sponsor, he had a fire, a flood, a hurricane and a murder. I mean, it was really bad. You know wow. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you, just, you never really know, you know, so yeah. that didn't stop him. He's still doing deals. Right. But that, that would be a deterrent to some. Thank you so much, Ruth. Where's the best place for people to find you if they want to learn more about you online? Um, I have a website. It's yes, MF now. Dot com. So that's where you can get more. If you click on the free resources button, there's a bunch of informational articles about uh, multifamily syndications. Perfect. I'll make sure to include a link to that in the show notes below. Thanks everybody for tuning in. If you guys enjoyed today's show, please write us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Every review helps us to be able to reach more and more people looking to get involved in commercial real estate. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Today's show was sponsored by Synergy Capital Investments. To download your free multifamily investment guide for beginners or to schedule a call to learn about our upcoming investment projects, go to thrivewithsynergy.com. That's thrivewithsynergy.com or click on the link below.